0: Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanine Moali. Hello there. Welcome to episode 195 of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. We are certainly living in a strange time. And because of the changes that happen in many of our lives, we find ourselves kind of like relating different to our sexuality. Many of my clients, they find themselves experiencing less sexual desire. So if you're a woman and you notice that you're desire is less than it used to be, or overall you've been noticing even before COVID that your desire and your libido dropped, my invitation for you is to download our free ebook to learn how you can take action on reclaiming your sexuality and increasing your libido. Many of my clients, similar to many of you guys, there are the smart, intelligent, attractive people. And They were dating and they some of them they had really good dating life before COVID and they found that their circumstances changed and some of them they're wondering that if it's even possible to go back to how things were before COVID. So I thought it would be useful for me to do this special series to help you find the partner that you want. We're gonna talk about sex and COVID and relationship and COVID in, in the future episodes. But when When it comes to dating, most people these days, especially in the time of social distancing, they found themselves to do more of online dating. They want to make sure that, okay, this person at least worth my time and my safety before even I I meet them. And as many of you know, online dating can be very tricky. I invited this, this wonderful expert that helped people to draft their online profiles because I know that many... Many, many times, again, my clients are wonderful candidates, but I find they are not portraying themselves in the best light. So in this episode specifically, we're going to talk about whether online dating work for people or not. We're going to talk about some of the mistakes that people are making when they're setting up their profile. And also we're going to talk about what can you do to make your profile more attractive to, to the people you are interested in. Our guest is Erica Eden. Uh, she is the founder of A Little Nudge, a consulting company that helps people navigate the world of online dating from first clip to first date. She is also the author of the book, Love at First Sight, And the co host of a popular dating podcast, So We Met Online. Erica studied economics at Cornell University and received her MBA from Georgetown. She started a little notch in 2011. She's responsible for many relationships, marriages, and the confidence some people simply need. To get out there. She's been featured on many, many different media, including New York Times, NPR. You can find the link in the show notes to her full bio. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Erica Etten. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am so excited to have Erica Etten on our show. Erica, welcome to our show. Thank you so much. I'm excited too. I am very excited because the online dating realm is one of the places that I feel my clients are getting stuck. And I believe the scene changed significantly. I, I'm going to date myself when I say this, but I remember 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but You're I'm, not dating yourself. I mean,
1: I started online dating in 2001. So. Right.
0: I was like, you know, it was significantly easier. So I don't know, like when my client told me like they're doing all the right thing and it's not working, what's going on? So mm-hmm. we, we need your expertise. So tell us how well online dating works.
1: It works just as well as meeting someone at a restaurant, in a supermarket, it's just a tool to meet new people. So people always say online dating worked for me or it didn't work for me. Usually they're thinking of one story. Everyone's got a love story and a horror story, right? Try to tune those outliers out. It's just a tool you're using to meet new people. So whether it, quote, works or not, if you're meeting new people who you would not have met otherwise, then it works.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a great great way of looking at it because sometimes people try it few times and they have not so great experiences and they think, oh, this is not for me. But you're right. When you're seeing people out there in the restaurants and kind of bars and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the same kind of same situation. Sometimes it clicks, right. and sometimes it doesn't. You don't stop going to a restaurant
1: because you met a bad person there. Mm-hmm. So why do people quit online dating when they happen to meet someone who's not for them? The person's not for them. That's fine. They do- That doesn't mean they represent all of Match.com or Bumble or whatever site you're using. You just got a dud. You know, it is a numbers game. So you're going to have some good ones and some bad ones. But it takes work to... Filter through, meet enough people, and find someone you really connect with.
0: Based on your experiences, does it work better for men or women, straight or gay? What's your experience been?
1: It works best for people who are proactive at online dating. <laughs> so I know that's a non-answer to your question, but it's not better or worse for any anyone. It just it does take work. Now. People do have, everyone has, what I call perceived flaws. And I say perceived because they're not actually flaws, but to other people, they might be. So, for example, my shorter men do have a hard, harder time doing online dating because to many women, unfortunately, Being short is a perceived flaw. It's not a flaw. They can't do anything about that, but perceived. My female clients over 60 have a harder time too, because unfortunately, many men, if they're looking for men, many men think they're looking for someone younger. So again, age, perceived flaw, but it's not a flaw. No one can do anything about it. So everyone has to overcome something, you know, so the best thing you can do is just be proactive at it. It's just important to remember that response rates are low in general for everyone. That has nothing to do with you. It's just the fact that there are so many options out there. So you have to sort of cast a wide net. If you're going to get a 20% response rate, I would rather you get four responses out of 20 than, than two out of 10.
0: Well, I think what makes it more difficult than in person is that when you are in person, you see the initial spark and attraction, Mm -hmm. and that carries the conversation. But you're right that sometimes with online dating, there are tons of options. People are finding themselves like they're corresponding and the person disappears. So that
1: Mm -hmm. can be discouraging. It can be discouraging, but... As hard as it is, because I know we're not ducks and we can't let ro- things roll off our back, as hard as it is, remember that if you haven't met this person yet, you can't take it personally because they don't know you. I get questions every day from clients saying, I don't understand. What am I doing wrong that these people stop corresponding with me mid-conversation? You're probably not doing anything wrong. It has nothing to do with you. Either the person is busy, changed their mind, whatever it is. Got lazy. I don't know. That doesn't mean it has anything to do with you. The right. I'll tell you now. I promise. The right person will not stop responding to you.
0: Well, I, and I think it's it's wonderful when you go through it and you find a person. But I think in the midst of it, it can be, as you said, like very discouraging. But mm-hmm. I love that you invite us to not take it personally. I'm thinking about okay, perhaps they're not ready for a relationship, or this is not something that's right for them right now, and then you can move to. The next person?
1: I used to give the advice to people and it's kind of facetious, but also not. I used to say, well, just think to yourself, "Ah, they didn't like my hair because it could be as simple as that. You know, they didn't like my big freckle. Who knows? You can't take it personally. Even me personally, I've been on the dating apps on and off, you know, throughout. I've had my business for over nine years and I've been single and in relationships during that time. And I've had people ask me out Agree to a time and then unmatch me before the actual date. Oh is it is it weird? Yes. Is it frustrating? Yes. But it's not something I did. And we just have to remember that we don't know what's going on on the other side. And for every person who does that, there's someone great out there.
0: Mm mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think there is a science and there is a way to draft your profile to highlight your quality, the best qualities and kind of mm-hmm. increase your odds. And I know that many people make the mistakes that kind of gets in the way of them finding the right match. So tell us what are some of the mistakes that you notice that people are commonly make that they get in the way of them meeting people? How much time do you have? Curve? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll break it into profile and pictures. Okay. So so we'll start with the profile. Anything negative in the profile will turn people off. If you start saying things you don't want, I don't want this. I don't want that. If you're a Trump person, don't swipe right on me. If you have anger management issues, like anyone would admit that anyway, you know, if you want drama in your life, I'm not for you. Anything negative is a turnoff, even if somebody qualifies or has all of the attributes you're looking for, they're going to be turned off by the negativity. Usually, and we all know this, when you say something negative, it's because you had that in your last relationship, right? So it also might warn people that you're not really over that yet or you haven't worked through that yet. Another mistake for a profile would be not writing a profile. (laughs) On most sites, you have the option to write a profile or not. I know a lot of people, particularly women, who will swipe left on anyone with no profile because are you really trying? Are you invested in this process? Three words would be better. Well, three good words would be better than nothing. Next, avoid anything sexual in the profile. This is particularly for straight men. Anything sexual is a turnoff for most straight women because very few women want to think about having a sexual relationship with somebody they've never met before. And when you put it out there in your profile, it almost implies that you want this with everyone. Having something sexual in your profile implies that you don't use that much discretion in who you have sex with. You know, most women would be open to the things written once they get to know you. But it's a complete turnoff when you post it out there like that. Simple things like grammar, punctuation. Most people I know don't like text speak. You know, I've seen HMU hit me up. Come on now. Like, let's be grown ups. You know, how about reach out to me? Sounds so much better. I would probably never respond to someone who said hit me up. It just sounds like you should be in some frat movie. You know, so don't use your your boy speak or your you know how you talk to your female friends. Just remember that you're putting this out there. It's your one marketing tool, so you want to make sure it resonates with people.
0: I love that you talked about that kind of not putting the sexual things out there because, I obviously, I'm <laughs> a sex therapist, and I think sex is great. Yes. But I do too, <laughs> but I think you're right. It, it's almost a red flag because I know many heterosexual women, and I'm sure all people mm-hmm. in general had some experience around kind of like kind of like sexual comments, harassment, sexual interaction, that wasn't necessarily super positive. So, mm-hmm. and because of the online, the nature of online dating, people have so much, so limited information around how to Correct. screen people out. So that says like, okay, you're not a safe person, maybe. I don't know if it's not
1: safe or more just like, oh, you're not looking to get to know me. You're looking to have sex with me. Mm-hmm. So even little things like gggg you know, Dan Savage's. Giving a game, of course, you do. Even seeing that in a straight male profile is a turn off to most women, even though they might completely agree with that sentiment, they don't want to know that up front because they don't know you yet.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and they just like we're going based on so, like, the information is so limited, so we're gonna kind of like expand on what that means, and sometimes that's not accurate.
1: Exactly, that is all correct. Now, in terms of the pictures, oh gosh, so let's start with what to do. I recommend five pictures total. That's it. I don't know if you know how many Match.com allows. It's insane. 26. Oh, wow. (laughs) Do not post 26. First of all, I don't even have 20. Like, that's crazy. So five is the magic number. One clear shot of your face so people can see what you look like. One full body, again, so people can see what you look like. One of you doing something interesting that might generate some questions. So like, for example, I'm looking at you right now on a microphone. If somebody posted a picture of themselves with a microphone, it would be a great picture because it might generate, oh, do you host a podcast or you, do you give TED Talks? Do you do stand up? Whatever it is. And then just two other pictures that kind of show you in your element mistakes people make posing with large groups of friends. First of all, no one takes the time to figure out where's Waldo. And second, inevitably, your friend is going to be someone's taste. Mm -hmm. So I hate to say that, but it's true. Posting pictures with family, use your discretion. And if someone wants to post pictures with their children, I think that one picture with kids is fine, but you have to remember, I don't know how old your kids are. You might want to ask their permission or ask your ex's permission. Mm -hmm. Um, So think about that. Pets, one picture with your pet is fine. Please don't borrow a pet to take a picture. I get it. You Not- like dogs. I mean, they call it dog fishing now, you know, cat fishing, dog ha ha. But where you post a picture with someone else's dog and people are like, "Oh, cute puppy." And they're like, "Yeah, I saw it on the street once." No. No. You can post a picture with a pet if it's your pet. Other things, well, kind of related to the sexual stuff Don't post shirtless pictures, men. I hate those. We all do. (laughs) (laughs) I swear I'm going to – I should be starting a site for men who want to look at other men's physiques to be like, hey, bro, good work. Because we don't want to see – as I always say, we don't want to see how the sausage is made. Mm -hmm. We want to see the sausage in clothing. (laughs) So and no so gym an pictures. Uh-huh. Yes, n- no gym pictures. Again, it's great that you're fit. Show yourself in clothing. You know, I don't want to see you sweaty at the. G- Nobody wants to see that. Same thing for women. The gym pictures they're more passable because you know whatever men like to see skin, but sweaty at the gym. I mean, just I don't, don't want to see anyone I don't know all sweaty. So really think, what am I putting out there? If you're putting five pictures out there, each one represents 20% of your life to somebody who doesn't know you. So 20% is a large chunk. So make sure whatever you're posting is truly representative. If you went sky or bungee, I don't know, sailing, I'm making things up. If you went sailing one time in your life and you post a sailing picture, that's not really accurate to your lifestyle, is it? So try to make it more you.
0: Well, when it comes to picture, one of the dilemma that my clients have is like two, two categories. One is they want it to be the most recent one mm-hmm. and they kind of worried about, okay, what if the person is like an older picture? And the other piece is like, especially for my female clients, they have this preoccupation with, and I live in LA, with weight and shape and is the good angle and all of that. Does yep. that matter? Does it matter? I mean, you just want to make
1: sure it's accurate. So if you don't look like your first picture when someone shows up on a date with you, they are already turned off. So you have to make sure all of your pictures, but particularly the first one, looks how you are going to look when you walk into the bar or coffee shop or Zoom date these days or whatever it is. So while it's important to be flattering, it's more important to be accurate. Now, can you be flattering and accurate? Of course, But if you got dolled up for a wedding or something and that's not the norm for you, then you should not have more than one picture of you dolled up because that's not what people are going to get.
0: I love that you're talking about kind of like show yourself in a way that you will show up on a date because you're right that if the person, everyone is sensitive about the kind of a picture people put out there. So if they see, okay, this was a picture from like, I don't know, 10 years ago, or this is a different kind of presentation, right off the bat, you create this huge rupture and at times barriers.
1: Absolutely. And you're not going to win someone over by lying. I know, unfortunately, a lot of people use the rationale, well, once I meet someone, then they'll really like me, even if I had to lie to get to a date. And that's just the biggest mistake in the book. All of my clients and friends know that I'm particularly blunt sometimes, and I always share this story. I'll call people out if they've lied on the date itself. I've called people out on my own dates. One guy listed 5'7". He was about 5'4". And here's the thing. I don't even care about height. I'm five, one. What do I care? I do care about lying, though. Mm-hmm. So the minute he stood up, I, I said, Oh, uh, you had posted 5'7". And he's like, Well, yeah, but... Oh, close. He said, you're not. And it's a lie. So, and, and I said to him, here's the thing. I would have gone out with you at five four, but I can't now again, because I don't know what else you're lying about. So, I would rather people go on fewer dates with people who know who you are than fib, age, weight, height, job status. Don't fib any of that to get there.
0: With, when it comes to pictures, I think this is very interesting because it's a difference between misrepresenting yourself versus mm-hmm. choosing a photo that uh, like, you, you look stunning and natural. And so, I, for my branding, I work with this fabulous photographer. And he was well, showing you're, me, I have to say,
1: you're beautiful, regardless. Oh, like, thank you so much. You are much. beautiful.
0: Oh, Thank you. You you as well. <laughs> but I think he was showing me the kind of like the, his portfolio. And I was mm-hmm. like, saying, like, uh, th- This is a kind of like picture of a plumber it's a picture of the electrician i was like these are gorgeous photos (laughs) and he then told me that it was for their online dating profile and he was telling me that people how how hard it was for them (laughs) to meet based on the photos that they had and then when he took the pictures which are very it was very expressive and Mm. artistic and i could see that then that that would have a different draw. So I think it's important for people to kind of at least experiment with different ways of taking the pictures.
1: I completely agree. So if my clients don't have good or flattering or recent pictures, I do suggest they get pictures taken. I take their pictures if they're local to me. And then if not, I have photographers in most cities. But I always tell them I don't want them to use any more than two of the professional pictures because while they're going to look great, that's a day you really tried hard. So I like two professional and three candid or casual. So that way it gives kind of a, I don't know, a wider spectrum of, of what you might look like.
0: The other thing that's in my mind is about how much should we talk about our sexual preferences on on the kind of the profile if you're like kinky sex or we are part of like, I don't know, polyamorous culture. So different things like that. Is that something that you recommend people putting it out there?
1: So kind of like we were talking about before, I generally don't recommend putting anything anything sexual in your profile. However, if that is the number one thing for you, then you should put it because you want to filter people out that way. But I would rather though, there are sites for everything. There are sites for certain kinks. There are sites for for anything you could ever want. So I would say first, if there is a niche site for what you're looking for, join that niche site where at least you know that's not something you have to filter for. But definitely if you are polyamorous or in an open relationship or an open marriage, you should put that in your profile. Will it rule out a lot of people who aren't open to that? Sure, but they should know.
0: Mm-hmm. What a great suggestion because you're right that there are tons of good websites, specifically for mm-hmm. people that are interested in that. And you're increasing oh, yeah. your odds for joining those groups versus going to a place that's more kind of a quote unquote mainstream and people might have their reactions or maybe like you might not get what you want. The other thing is that so, like, there's two categories, and I'm sure it's more than that. but Two categories of people are looking for partners online. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people are solely looking for casual hookup, casual encounters, and sometimes people want a long-term relationship. How can we assess if the person is, they have the same intention as us? Is there any way that we can figure that out?
1: It's hard. Some sites allow you to specify. So like, for example, on Bumble, you can specify whether you're looking for marriage, a relationship, something casual. On a lot of sites, you can specify that. So I would say if you're looking for something more serious, go on a site where you can specify that. Now, is everyone going to accurately answer that question? No, but we have to take people at their word. It's hard to assess that. I mean, I suppose you could ask, what are you looking for? But my philosophy on dating is a little bit different from that. I tell people to date, I call it date NATO, which is not attached to outcome. Because if you're so fixated on the end goal, whatever that is for you, a relationship or marriage or whatever it is to you, then you're sort of trying to backfill people in so they fit what you're looking for rather than just getting to know people. So I would actually rather people just get to know someone and see because while you might be looking for a serious relationship, maybe someone comes up who you want something casual with or who you want to be friends with. So I don't know that I would necessarily rule people out right at the beginning unless they completely overtly say the opposite of what you want.
0: Well, I, I love that you talk about the friendship aspect of things. I have a client that she's fantastic with kind of finding friends. That when things are <laughs> not working out, that she's she can easily go to a friend's route with them. And she, mm-hmm. that's how, one of the ways that she expanded her network. And I think that great. she does it in a great and thoughtful way. But one, one thing that I see at times with people is that they meet the person and they mm-hmm. like the person, but it's kind of clear that their goals are not aligned. And Mm -hmm. what happens is they think they have the power to change the person. I know that comes from childhood attachment struggles, but then they got, they get hooked on that Mm. cycle that, oh, uh, if I'm really, if he really likes me, then he want to be in a long-term relationship with me.
1: No way. I mean, (laughs) when, so what's that expression when someone shows you their true colors or tells you, listen, if someone tells you what they are looking for or not looking for, accept that as the truth. They are not changing. You will not change somebody. I know everyone's got a story of someone they changed and you're thinking, well, I could be like this person. No, those are the stories that people share. They don't share the millions of other stories where they inadvertently got disappointed because they tried. Mm -hmm. So no, if someone is very explicit about not wanting a relationship and you really want a relationship, they've told you it's not going to happen.
0: Right. And I think the time that you're spending to, quote unquote, fixing the situation, right. mm-hmm. uh, it takes away the time that you can focus on finding the person that would have sure. the same, same interest than you. So I right. Think that's Consider important.
1: it. Yes, consider it a gift that this person has given you. The gift of knowing what you cannot have with them. So that way you can free yourself up for somebody who does want what you want.
0: Absolutely. Oh, Go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, back to what we were talking about before with polyamory, there's one thing, there's an acronym a lot of people use ENM, ethically non monogamous. A lot of my clients, I don't know about yours, a lot of my clients didn't know what that meant. And so sometimes they found themselves swiping right on people. Not knowing what the acronym went, not knowing what the acronym meant, even though they were not open to an open relationship. Mm-hmm. Those are a lot of words I just said. Sorry. So I just want to define that for people. If you see ENM in a profile, it means ethically non-monogamous.
0: Well, I think it's important for for people to search and really understand the person's profile because that's the mm-hmm. uh, limited information that you get. So you want to make sure that you you are vetting the person and reading them kind of like their. I agree. Story accurately. I agree, but there's some any acronyms out
1: there i mean like brb thats just be right back so if people are just like oh another acronym you know so it's important to know what they what they mean and look there are some i didn't even know i had to look up so
0: well i think that going back to not using acronym i mean like i i think the woman in my 30s i would be kind of disappointed if the the guy i would be interested it's in like fill their profile with all of this acronym so it's, it's i, ag- I agree with you write things out like <laughs> <it's> fine <laughs> Is there anything that you want our listeners to kind of consider when they're doing the online dating? Is there anything that we haven't talked about? Anything that's important? Just kind of taking a step
1: back, I just want everyone to remember that these things do take time. And I know a lot of people, particularly because a lot of sites you sign up for for a month or three months or six months, it specifies that that doesn't mean that you're going to meet someone in that month or three months or six months. I hope you do. But these things do take time. And if this is going to be one of the most important decisions in your life, who you decide to spend your life with, if that's your goal, then it shouldn't be bing, bam, boom, I'm done. You know, I know a lot of people want to jump into these insta relationships. They say, I I don't mean Instagram, I mean, instantaneous. They say, I hate dating. I just want to be married or I just want to be in a relationship. Well, one, you have to date to get to know the person because I can't think of a worse fate than jumping into something with the wrong person. Mm-hmm. So it takes time. That's all I want to impart on people. Don't give up. I've have, I have have I clients in three weeks. They're like, I didn't meet someone. It's not working. I give up. You're crazy. Like it could take a year to find a new job. Why should it take three weeks to find a life partner? <laughs>
0: That is so, such a goal that you mentioned. I think, (laughs) thank you for sharing that parallel wisdom because what I tell my client that it's a a marathon, it's not a sprint because people sign up, they constantly swipe right and left and they think like, okay, I'm very excited and things doesn't work out. And then they get disappointed or they pay for a few months of uh, membership and they get disappointed. So that's that's important to keep in mind that that sometimes it takes time. It does. And- Everything short of finding your ultimate
1: person or goal is not failure. It's all part of the process. Because I know so many people think, oh, it didn't work out with this one, back to square one. Well, no, you're not. You learned a lot about yourself. You learned about what you were looking for. You got presumably more confidence. So you're never going back to square one. And it's never a failure, It's just people get so frustrated and they put themselves on this roller coaster. Like if it's going well with someone, they're on this crazy high. And then if it's not anymore, they're on this crazy low. But I don't want life to be like that for people. Some things are going to work and some aren't. But it doesn't mean you're a failure. It doesn't mean it's any reflection on you. And it doesn't mean the process was for
0: naught. So Eric, I know you help people with this process. And I think in this day and age, it, sometimes it's really valuable to invest in that. So can you tell us more about your services? So if people are interested, they know where they can find you. Sure.
1: So my company is called A Little Nudge. And I help people with all aspects of online dating. But the way I explain it is... There are two major obstacles. One, marketing yourself well. And two, it's really time consuming. So every service that I offer addresses one or both of those obstacles. So whether it's writing your profile, helping you choose your pictures, all the way up to writing messages for you, (laughs) planning your dates for you, all you have to do is show up.
0: Such a great service. I, I can imagine that that can increase the odds of people kind of meeting the right person sooner. So I think it's very <laughs> important to ask for consultation and kind of seek, reach out for help if you've been trying for a while and you're not getting the result you want.
1: Yeah, I, I offer everyone a free 20-minute consultation. And we talk about kind of what your frustrations are with online dating, what has worked, what hasn't worked, And then I explain my services and and how I think I could help.
0: Excellent. Okay, so I leave the link to the website, the show notes, and I encourage people to check it out. And Erica, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your expertise with us. My pleasure. Anytime. I hope our conversation gave you some good information about what you can do to increase your chances of meeting someone online. I feel like these days, almost everyone is online, especially during time of COVID. If you find yourself not being able to find the type of people that you're interested in online. Maybe it's a time to change your profile. Maybe you need some feedback from friends or a professional like Erica. At the end, I wanted to remind you guys that every Friday I'm cooking aphrodisiac recipe on my Instagram account. The handle is at sexologypodcast and we're sending the list of ingredients on Thursday night to our people on our email list. So if you're interested interested to get the ingredient, make sure you're signing up for our email list. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.